All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, November 7th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, why don't we just go right into it? Why don't you give us a plow for the somewhat sleepy weekend of Friday, November 4th, 2022? All right, well, number one, Black Adam made $18.2 million, down 33%. It lost 417 theaters. It's at $137.1 million in its third weekend. Number two, One Piece Film Red made $9.2 million in its first weekend. Number three, Ticket to Paradise made $8.5 million, down only 13%. It added 374 theaters. It's at $46.7 million in its third weekend. Number four, Smile made $3.9 million, down 27%. It lost 175 theaters. It's at $99 million in its sixth weekend. And number five, Pray for the Devil made $3.8 million, down 46%. It's at $13.6 million in its second weekend. And that is the top five. All right. So Clayton, what do you think is the, is there a big story of this top five? Does anything jump out at you as overperforming, underperforming, you know what? What, what is the? What is the, the? You saw this over the weekend. You looked at your deadline, Anthony D. Alessandro's Sunday right through. What smacked you in the face? I mean, nothing really smacked me in the face other than Tickets to Paradise. I mean, One Piece okay. film Red yep. did not open as big as the other Crunchyrolls. roles, uh, and we realized that this was going to happen because, mm-hmm. of course, one of Bo Boy Marcus let us know he was looking at thirteen. And this went a little bit lower. And that was the expectation is this thing could have gone anywhere from seven to 12 to to whatever. And that's where it landed was nine. Black Adam had a lower drop than people were expecting. But the thing with Black Adam is it's not even going to. And I know we don't talk about international box office. This movie's not going to even break even. It's it's not even going to make four four hundred worldwide. So this movie right now, the fact that it only dropped thirty three percent, it really means nothing. It's not like really a success because this thing is going to not even break even as a project. I mean, you're 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 obviously from the start been on a very anti Dwayne Johnson anti Black Adam narrative. Mm-hmm. Um. And we focus on domestic box office. Yes. And I I think as we've talked about budgets at this level, uh, you know, it's, it's a fool's errand to start talking about uh, what, what something needs to make to cover these superhero budgets. Mm -hmm. But just in terms of domestic box office, this is at 137 million did have a good hold this past weekend. I mean, I'm going to take a look at, where this is in in, in uh, comparison to um, Hobbs and Shaw to uh, to Shazam. Oh, okay. Let's see what it's at in terms in comparison to Shazam, because I think that is the the one that you know it's most aligned with in that universe. And um, this is what after three weeks, right? This was the third week of Black Adam. So after three weeks, Shazam had made $120 million. And after three weeks here, wow. Black Adams made 137. That so. is uh, and now what is how do you look at those numbers? 
Like, what is well, your interpretation of that? Because that's shockingly I mean, guess, bad for The Rock. I'm guess, so you're yeah you're well, you're saying Chuck that beat him. Chuck oh Chuck, Chuck hasn't beat him. Ch- Chuck, He's beaten Chuck. Oh god, he beat, he Chuck. beat Chuck by seventeen. Black Adams million at one thirty-seven. Yeah, he beat Chuck the by seventeen million. The star of Young dollars. Rock beat Chuck by seventeen million dollars. Congratulations, Young Rock. I star. mean, this is all this is all part of your anti-rock narrative. This movie is that, not a success from the start. But why? Why since the start? But it's not a success, Pat. It's not like I. I it's a sleepy weekend. This thing, yes, this thing didn't drop fifty percent. But it's like it's not making the kind of money, despite the budget, beside the budget, to be looked at as a success. It's not a successful Here, film. Here's what I'll give you at this point in time. I do agree with something you probably said after the first weekend, but now I'm in the same boat. There will not be a Black Adam 2. Yes, there will not be. There will not be a Black Adam 2. Based on this, I I think that we may see Black Adam as as a character in future Shazam movies. You may see a Black Adam versus Superman, but I agree. At this point, three weekends in... 137 domestic. It's not a breakout success. I mean, listen, go back to our fall preview. Me, you, Jeff Bach, there were, we had thoughts that this movie might have opened at $100 million. Mm-hmm. And it's at 137 after three weeks. Yeah. So I feel like I'm always in a position to defend this movie by default because you're always on such an anti The Rock. Uh, you know, pedestal. Well, he, you're you're always in. He t- you're you're always in that. And you kind of force my hand to defend Black Adam, which is not a spot I want to be in. No, nobody should be in that spot. I mean, he he talks a great game, so he should be taken to task when the products he creates and the widgets he puts out do not live up to the expectations. That's the thing. If he didn't tout himself as the biggest uh, entertainment. Uh, uh, you know, franchise in the world, The Rock, the biggest brand of entertainment, the brand that is The Rock, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel the need to bring this back down to earth and really cut the shit on this. I do mm-hmm. think that there's no. Are you cutting the shit right now on 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 The Rock? Are you I, cutting? The I, I'm shit? cutting the shit. I'm cutting the shit because it's like, but also I don't think he he's got to understand that this is not the success he wanted it to be. Like mm-hmm. he's he. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very smart person. He's a very savvy person. He's a businessman for sure. Uh, but he under he's got to understand that this is not the home run that they needed or he needed to continue to be a going concern in the DCEU. Mm-hmm. He's he's in a difficult position here because I do think he's got to find a way to keep Black Adam going in some form. Mm-hmm. Because I I do think he'll he knows it'll be looked like looked at as a, as a failure. If this is the only time he ever plays Black Adam in a movie, what do you think happened here? We're three weeks in. Black Adam's made 137 million. What what was the 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 fatal flaw? It's in in this. It is the homogenization of superhero movies epitomized. It's Mm -hmm. let's take 
The Rock, who's, I mean, he's a he's one of the biggest stars to ever actually be in a superhero movie, truly, right? Because mm-hmm. the Marvel thing was, let's take either people who could not be hired or people that were kind of middling and make them into stars as these characters, right? And then you'll have them, you'll have big stars show up in small parts or whatever to be part of it. Right. But this had like the same, it's like, let's have Pierce Brosnan in it, who I love Pierce Brosnan, but it's like, let's have the old guy come in and he's playing, and he's like playing this this uh, old superhero. Let's have a young person, like the, the the kid from the Netflix movies. Let's have him in. It's all like this hodgepodge uh, of like, ideas and it's just coming out of a tube and i think people are realizing that there's not any spark of inspiration to this movie on any level well well here's something interesting that that i pull out of that there is you're right if you think of what marvel has done with their movies you know since they since iron man and whatever that was 2010 uh, 2008 I model believe. 2008 the model has been to have obviously very recognizable star actors in these parts, but not giant movie stars, yeah. you know, or at least not giant movie stars of the moment. So you have Robert Redford in these movies, but you, you've never had Leonardo DiCaprio or Denzel Washington or Brad Pitt, you know, or Brad Pitt or Meryl Streep or, you know, play a superhero in these movies. It's always been. You know, your Robert Downey Jr.'s, your Chris's, you know, your Gwyneth Paltrow pass or sell by date, you know, that level of star. So The Rock is an anomaly where you've got a giant movie star, giant box office star mm-hmm. playing the superhero, and it didn't really work. No. Or at least it didn't work in a level where it made the movies any bigger. So it makes me think, looking at this, that maybe that's a lesson to be learned coming out of this is don't try that again. Yes. Maybe to some degree people don't want to see giant movie stars in these parts. They just want to see sort of bland Chris's in these parts and let the character themselves be the star and then put movie stars as one-offs, playing the villain, playing, you know, the the love interest, stuff like that. But you don't want to have leo ever come into this not that he ever would but but it would be more of a problem because the thing is the best stars are akin to superheroes they already are their Mm. own entity outside of of these characters right where a robert downey jr he was a a guy who did had like critically acclaimed parts and things like that. And then he was, you know, a supporting actor that was well-liked in a lot of things, but he never was a star who had a star franchise or a star part. And in the rock is a star he's had, he's bigger than this character, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Iron Man was bigger than Robert Downey Jr. Until Iron Man made Robert Downey Jr. Big again. Right. And it's right. and it's and then you get due date. And then you get due date, right? And you get you get the, the judge. The judge, of course, my beloved the judge. And and that's and that is it's not worth it monetarily and it messes mm-hmm. with people's minds. So I think then where we could land on common ground here is that Black Adam didn't work because Dwayne the Rock Johnson is too big of a movie star for this to have worked. 
Yeah, I think so, but it does. It seemed to have not. It seemed to have been a perfect uh, one plus one, and of course he saw that and thought, you know. And I said this previously: biggest genre going plus one of the biggest stars should be more than seventeen million dollars more than the guy who played Chuck on TV. But it shows that in this superhero genre stars giant movie stars could actually be a death yeah chuck that's means not more. what the fans want zachary yeah. levi is better for superhero movies than the rock right 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 i mean it's like you look at aquaman jason momoa is a when it comes to movies obviously not in life he's not a nobody no. but when it comes to movies Going into Aquaman, Jason Momoa is a nobody. He was on Bay. Wasn't he on Baywatch and then Stargate? Wasn't that his thing? He's been around so much longer than you would have. Yeah, you would think. And there's nothing but, wrong with working, obviously. No, of course not. And it, guys doing great, but he was perfect for Aquaman because he wasn't a movie star known quantity. He's just a uh, uh, an actor with charisma who makes sense as would already people perceive Aquaman to be. Mm-hmm. And then you pepper in your stars like a Nicole Kidman, you know, as side parts in there. But I think Black Adam is is kind of proof that you don't want movie stars playing these superheroes. The fans of these movies just want the 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 actors to seem as bland as the superhero characters are in, in their mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but a genre that does need movie stars, the superhero genre doesn't need movie stars, but the romantic comedy genre that needs movie stars and boy, howdy, do we have a movie star in Julia Roberts with Ticket to Paradise? This is amazing. Down only 13%. It's mm-hmm. making, it made 46 million already. I mean, it's already a smash overseas and mm-hmm. it's just... We got an email from wannabe old boy Austin. He's been away for a while. Life caught up with him. And listen, Austin, we know you're listening. We know you'd you'd want to email if you could. And he sent us another great one. And he's 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 very excited about this ticket to paradise Mm -hmm. numbers. And he's saying that there's a possibility it could make a hundred. But he's thinking that might be a little crazy. And the crawdads ninety would be great. But the whole thing about this is that if this thing plays through Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. this is the consensus. Mm-hmm. Anybody can see this movie. Nobody's going to say no to this movie mm-hmm. because it's and, it's and, it's not going to offend anybody. It's two people everybody knows. Yep. And it's yep. it's inoffensive and it's light and it's short. And this is the perfect movie to go with your in-laws to to see mm-hmm. on a Thanksgiving Saturday or Sunday when you've run out of things to talk about. Yep. And and it's people, it's movie stars mm-hmm. that your in-laws and your grandparents are going to know who they are. They're all going to know who George Clooney and Julia Roberts are. And it's got, yeah, it's just got to get there those next three weeks because other than, you know, Wakanda Forever... There, there isn't this type of movie coming out that is just a live action, inoffensive, everyone who's around the Thanksgiving table could go see it that weekend movie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and based on the release schedule, I think it'll get there. Yeah. I think it'll get there and still be in 2,000 plus screens come Thanksgiving weekend. Well, let's look. And the, Oh, sorry. You go. Keep going. So the, the movie I want to compare it to, which I think I, I mentioned last week, is Book Club. Yeah. Okay. You know, and obviously Book Club wasn't a romantic comedy, but it was a comedy for adults that came out in 2018. And after its third weekend, it opened in May of 2018. So after its third weekend, Book Club was at $47 million. Okay. And we look at tic- uh, Ticket of Paradise after its third weekend, it's at $46.7 million. So basically, it's in a dead heat with Book Club, but its third weekend, Tickets of Paradise had an even better hold. Okay, yeah. Book Club dropped at 30% in its third weekend. Tickets to Paradise in its third weekend just dropped only 13%. So it might even have more momentum at this point than Book Club did uh, in its third weekend. And we all know Book Club got to 68.5 million domestic. So I, I feel like that to me was always the number, the realistic number to shoot for for Tickets to Paradise. Could it get to that 70 million or so? And it looks like that's definitely a possibility. I'm here looking at crawdads which i know is not a romantic comedy and doesn't have any stars but it's an adult movie based on a book and it's the kind of movie that i feel like that same audience would go to and we're seeing that this one opened to 17.2 dropped 40 percent to 10 then it made seven so it was at 53.5 and but this was during uh, the summer, this was during July, so there was people who were yeah. off and able to see movies more during the week. So that's where it was making some of its bones. But in its yeah. in its third weekend, it was at 53, which is not that much more than what Paradise is doing. So we're right, looking right. probably, if everything goes well with this film, 75, 70 to 75, and possibly 80. I, I still think, I mean, we'll see... I still think 70 is the number. And I think if it gets to 70, that's a giant it's win such a for win. this movie. Yeah. 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 I don't want to set the bar too high because I think Crawdads was a minor phenomenon. And it was, like you said, it was in the summer as opposed to now. And I do think that movie with Daisy Edgar Jones appealed to younger people. Mm, where this more maybe does. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I think that movie had a little bit of sex appeal with her as the lead, and you were getting younger women and younger guys who were wanting to see that movie. Um, so I, I think I think the book club number remains the number to shoot for. If Ticket to Paradise gets around or over Book Club sixty eight domestic, that's that's a huge hit. I mean, listen, this is a hit already. It's an international hit mm-hmm. too. This movie is a success, and this movie. You know, it is a huge win for Julia Roberts. Yes. It just shows she never stopped being a movie star. She just felt like taking some time off. Absolutely. Yes. She was already a forever movie star. But yes. this is just, she's just, you know, adding, you know, th- these are garbage time touchdowns in a way. Even though this movie uh-huh, is in uh-huh. garbage, but you know what I mean. It's like she's just padding stats the stats. Padding. It's stats padding, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, this has been a year where that 80s and 90s movie star crew, they really 
puff their chest out mm-hmm. with these big movies. You know, Tom Hanks with Elvis and Tom Cruise with Maverick and Brad Pitt with Bullet Train and Sandy Bullock with Lost City and now Julia Roberts and Clooney with Ticket to Paradise. Th- that that crew has endured. Yeah. In a, in a way that, you know, other than, uh, you know, I, honestly... It, the the thing that would have made this perfect is if Denzel Washington had an Equalizer three come out and make you know eighty two million domestic. He's he's sort of the only one missing this year. Yeah, from that nineties movie star crew. And I feel like, and I might be wrong. Were those Equalizer movies Thanksgiving movies, or were they summer? I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. I, I do feel like at least one of them was a summer movie. Okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet that probably the second one was a summer movie, but. Honestly, Denzel feels like the the only one who sat this year out. Otherwise, the '90s movie stars they all just came out swinging this year. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones that are still alive. And you mentioned this when we were talking at Bo Boys HQ. We were by the water cooler, and we were talking mm-hmm. about. I mean, you brought up the Wonder, which is a movie that came out November seventeenth, two thousand seventeen, and that was a okay. movie. Well, you mean. Oh. Uh, Wonder, because the the Wonder is the Florence Pugh yes. Netflix movie that will do no box office. You're right. But Wonder is the Julie And Roberts not to be confused with To the Wonder. No, no, which also did no box office, but uh, uh, Ben Affleck should be proud of his performance. Absolutely. So the the movie Wonder, which was based on a, a big best-selling book, yes. and it made $132.4 million domestic, right? And here's the thing is we talked about this, and yes, it was a book, and Jacob Tremblay was in it, but that, that really meant nothing at that point. And she was able to make this a blockbuster because she was in it. If you put Cameron Diaz in that movie, it doesn't make as much. If you put... No. Uh, uh, who would be an example of somebody... The Brie, Brie Larson. Brie, if you team up Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay again coming off a room and you say oh they were a great team let's make them the team and wonder that movie makes significantly less money mm-hmm. and I, th- I feel like we always beat up on this actress who's um sasha baron cohen's wife isla fisher, isla fisher. Yes, fisher. If isla fisher was the lead of wonder you could chop that box office and it probably chop it down by 80 and that's nothing against isla fisher obviously no. but it's just the fact that julia roberts makes things bigger yeah, yeah. I mean, we mostly focus on domestic, but I'm looking at Julia Roberts's box office career, and the international numbers continue to be outstanding because the Wonder, Wonder, in 2017, like you said, it made 132 domestic. It made 178 international. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look at a t- Ticket to Paradise, it's, up to this point, it's made 46.7 domestic. It's already made another ninety three point four international. Like, Good gracious! Ticket to Paradise is a certified blockbuster at this point, mm-hmm. based just on its international. And we know. Listen, we our expectations are where they should be. We know that you're not going to be looking at four hundred million dollar romantic comedies anymore. We know that those can't play with the big boys at the moment. So we understand that these numbers that we're looking at are spectacular for what they can be. Right, right. For the genre, it's incredible. I mean, Ticket to Paradise worldwide is at 140. 
there's an there is an outside shot that Tickets to Paradise ends up at close to two hundred worldwide for for a, a a romantic comedy with two older stars. That's great. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. So these genres aren't dead. You know, romantic comedy and adventure comedy and just straight up action movie like Bullet Train. Mm-hmm. These genres aren't dead, but the new generation of movie star has not shown that they could carry those genres. That's the big that's that's so true. We need we need this new generation of stars to step up and start doing their job. Yeah. Um it it, it really, you know, there's there's a few people who have been able to do it. Um Channing Tatum is one of those people. Yep. I think he's shown that that he's a newer movie star that could do it. And uh I, I'm totally blanking on the Tom who plays Spider-Man. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. You know, he's a guy who I think this year showed that he's capable of carrying a genre picture oh, by himself. Yeah, with Uncharted. With Uncharted. So th- the thing is, though, there's very few movie stars who have moved into the category that Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts and Sandy Bullock and Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise still hold, which is opening up non-IP genre movies to big numbers. And just for a little equalizer update, so the first one came out in September of 2014, September 26th, it made $101.5 million. And wow. the second one came out in July, so it became a summer franchise. And it made 102. And wow. the so third one... The same exact people showed And up. the worldwide gross for the first one was 192. And the worldwide gross for the second one was 190. Wow. So talk about consistency. And the third one is slated for August 30th, 2023. Uh, and you know what it's right. going to make? 101. 102. 102, probably. Yep. And around yep. one, I would say maybe 191 worldwide. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the yeah. thing is that, and, and that August 30th is, is, is an interesting date. I feel like it should be moved up a little bit. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, and it may it may just be one of those things where they're you know waiting for something to move or whatnot. But yeah, I I, I mean that's the thing is he's going to be coming back in 2023 and he's going to be pushing uh, another action movie over a hundred million dollars domestic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone's got to step up and and take the mantle from these 90s movie stars because they are not giving up. Easily. No, absolutely. I mean, Tom Cruise, who is a generation previous, had his biggest box office smash success in his life this year because nobody else has stepped up. Nobody stepped up. Leo was obviously stepped up, mm-hmm. but but Leo's almost a '90s movie star. In some uh, ways. Yeah, you, it's you could put him in that class of Clooney, Pitt. And Damon and Affleck, just because he had some of his biggest movies during that time that they did. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So that is the really the story of what happened this weekend. I mean, One Piece r- film read just Crunchyroll itself has become its own genre. Mm-hmm. 
And every three, four months, they're able to put out a movie that just, you know, it, it's gonna it's gonna make its money. Crunchyroll is a mini version of a horror genre. Yep. You know that that they come out, they'll make their ten to twenty million dollars, and and you know they've got the audience. And, and it wasn't Demon Slayer's twenty plus or whatever that ended up being, mm-hmm. but nine point three is nothing to sneeze at. No, no. And this is not that level of anime IP. No. From what we could tell. Not, I mean, in other places. I mean, this is a worldwide smash, but it hasn't crossed Mm -hmm. over to America the way some of the other IPs have. So, Mm -hmm. but talk about an IP that has crossed over. Okay. Art the Clown. Terrifier. Terrifier 2. Now, we we said we were going to do this, and we... One th- one thing pushes over the edge is that the number ten movie in America was Terrifier two in its fifth weekend. Mm-hmm. Again, a movie that was only mm-hmm. supposed to play three days is in its f- fifth weekend. Yes. Made one point one million dollars, down forty one percent, and it lost three hundred five theaters, but it's still in twelve hundred theaters, mm-hmm. and it's at nine point seven million dollars now. By the time you hear this, by the end of this week, this thing's going to be at ten. Ten yes. million dollars. And and I have seen some reports online saying that it has made ten million dollars. That the the numbers estimate for the weekend is a little bit low. Yeah, and, and so, Terrifier's estimates are always have have been low consistently. Yeah, yeah. The numbers have had to usually update throughout the week. And go a little higher on what they originally had said for the terror for terrifier too. Well, a lot of it is so. because they have to take all of the bodily fluids off of the tickets to count them, and mm-hmm. that takes mm-hmm. more time than say a normal movie like your right. Ticket to right. Paradise, where there's less kind of bodily fluids uh, or humors uh, staining them. Right, right, especially dark humors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so. I think for all intents and purposes, we could say Terrifier 2 has made $10 million domestic. Yes. Whether it is at this very second or it will cross that within moments. Mm -hmm. It has made $10 million on a crowdfunded budget of $250,000 on zero paid promotion, just social media and fan support Mm -hmm. in terms of getting the word out. It's now a $10 million. We've talked about this movie a lot. We had the executive producer, Steve Barton, on for an interview. We had a vomit report. We had vomit picks. I think it's time to wrap up our Terrifier 2 coverage. But Clayton, like we hinted at last week, before we wrap things up on Terrifier 2, do you want to divvy up the millions? Divvy up who should get what out of the $10 million for Terrifier 2? Yes, Let's let's we usually divvy up, but let's yeah. carve it up. Less the way Art the Clown would carve up one of his one of his art pieces, we'll call them. Yes. Now we'll carve up this 10 million. Let's look at what drew people to this movie. Okay. What drew audiences to this movie? So yeah. I mean is the biggest uh, uh, the biggest draw here, Art the Clown himself. I would think so. As, a, because, as an IP. Yeah, I would think so because he's such a striking image. Mm-hmm. If you if you saw that poster, 
even if you hadn't seen the first one, that is going to entice people. So mm. I would say that the largest sum would probably go to the IP that is Art the Clown. Okay. So, so when we've given shares of the box office to IP before, you know, you it's usually something like uh, a Joker, mm-hmm. who's you know been around forever and and has been existed in various forms, but Art the Clown is an IP created by the director Damien Leone and acted out by the actor David Howard Thornton. So we're we're looking to have all three of those entities separate, okay. right? Yes. Well, definitely the is director, that, yes. And I, I, the actor as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So then just looking at Art the Clown himself as a new horror icon, $10 million is the total. I mean, is Art half of it? Is Art $5 million right off the top just for Art the Clown? Is it less than that? I mean, you could do you could do mm-hmm. a combination, which is three for art and two for the actor who played him, because he okay. would not be what he is without that actor. Total, definitely, definitely. I mean, I agree, David. David Howard Thornton. You know, we've said it here before. Could be a Robert England Freddy situation mm-hmm. where this is it. It's 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 not Jason being played by twenty different people or Michael Myers. You could switch him up every movie. It's you got to have David Thornton Howard play art. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I think that that makes sense. Um, I mean, art is just such a striking piece of ip yeah um okay so right now we're at three for art himself and my god what art the clown it could buy with three million dollars i you know uh, i i shudder to yes. think um and then i scream box two million to think. for dave that's right not shutter screen you got box. a screen box to think um man and what a what a just amazing position for this actor, David Thornton Howard, because he, you know, we're divvying up this ten million here, but he is going to be able to tell them to back up the Brinks truck for Terrifier Three. And I mean, the convention. I mean, he's his retirement yep. is going to conventions, and not to put him out to pasture yep. at this moment. And the thing is, conventions oh, aren't even pa- he's right in this prime. There now. aren't even pastures at this point. These conventions pay big money for. Go uh, going concerns. I mean, the Marvel guys go to these conventions and make, you know, t- tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. Do right, that math. Right. Um. So then, that's five million out of the ten off the table. So I think the next big one is the writer director himself, the, the and the the special effects artist. You know, the main special yeah. effects artist for these practical effects movies. Damien Leone. His vision definitely is what separated this from any other movie that was made at this budget ever. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I mean, I feel like 
then maybe you go a little bit more than the actor. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I think less than the character. Yes. Because I think it's still art number one. Because And this is no disrespect to Damien Leone, but if you look at the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, Freddy's number one, Wes Craven is number oh, two. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's, that's, I mean, he created something that has... Right. Oh, that has just blown up bigger than anybody would have expected. So I don't think he would be upset with that. So then is it two and a half million? Yeah, I think two and a half is, is more than fair. Okay. Because it's basically number one is the character. Number two is the creator. Number three is the actor playing. And the and we're only saying this now because listen, Terrifier three will be a whole different discussion because it's probably going to be way more money and and it'll be yeah. different because Damien his name doesn't mean as much at the moment, right? When we're talking about why people went to see this film, but his name definitely yes. means a lot more than it did just two months ago and it's only going to go up and up and up yes 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 because and there's there's not that there's not the chance of what i'm about to say here because damien leone owns the ip but a terrifier three where a studio took had taken it away and had someone else write and direct the movie would be a, uh, would be a disaster. Nothing tanks. You know, the fans would would not stand for mm-hmm. that. And luckily, we're never going to have to have that situation because Damon Leone makes Terrifier. Yes, he owns it. Thankfully, the Terrifier family, which we are a part of, will yes. not have to yes. deal with such a situation. So that's seven and a half million out of the ten. There, I think the next big recipient of the box office. Is the vomit mm-hmm. now? Do how how much do we want to splice this down? Do is it the vomit, the passing out? Do they share, or is it vomit gets its own cut, fainting gets its cut? I think it's all. I think it's all under the vomit umbrella. Okay. You know, I think fainting, passing out, slipping and vomit sneezing blood you know whatever the things people did in reaction to seeing this in the movie theater i think that all falls under vomit oh absolutely um because the vomit and the 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 stories of people vomiting in the crowd basically was the the de facto marketing campaign yes for this movie Mm -hmm. you know uh, there weren't tv ads there weren't billboards there were just uh uh internet stories about people vomiting because this movie was was just so intense yes it definitely and it drove so much business to this movie and i will say it is one of the main thing that's things that's talked about when people talk about Mm -hmm. this film i am a fan of a movie reviewer named Vern, who he goes under the name Vern. we don't know what his real name is but his website okay. is Outlaw Vern. He's a guy who does genre pictures. He 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 does the big blockbusters too, but he's always good for a great horror review, a great action review, even direct-to-video mm-hmm. ones. And he reviewed this film, and he has a robust comment section. And the comment section blew up talking about whether or not the vomiting was real 
or the passing out was real. Mm-hmm. And of course, I had to jump in there with the B.O. Boys moniker not to promote this this podcast because we do not need to promote this podcast. It does not need promotion, mm-hmm. right? I just wanted to set the record straight that there was vomit. It was real. And so this right. then became a whole conversation about whether they still didn't believe even though I sent the link that had the picture, right? So it's still creating a hubbub and talk and we can see that this movie is making money post halloween because it is still driving people to the theater to see if they can withstand this or to see if they can witness somebody completely losing their s hit while watching mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yes, I do think mm-hmm. a lot of money has to go towards that. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean that that was the 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 marketing for this movie. So I feel like it's the vomit has to be worth less than the actor who played the the the, the iconic character. Mm-hmm. So I've got to I've got to give less to the vomit than to David Thornton Howard. Um, so what about a million and a half dollars for vomit? I think that's, that's perfectly fine because it also should be less than the director. Yes, 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 yeah. You can't tell a director who's, who, who sweats and lived this movie for as long as they did that a, that vomit is going to make more money off of it than you. Uh, Yeah. You don't want to be the executive who has that conversation. Mm -hmm. That I value human excrement more than I do you, yeah. especially when you're trying to get that director to be part of the next movie. That's a terrible way to start. That's terrible. Negotiate. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So vomit at one and a half. So right now we're at nine million total. You know, to recap, we've given uh, three million dollars to Art the Clown as an IP. We've given two million dollars to David Thornton Howard. We've given two and a half million dollars to your writer director and effects uh, lead Damien Leone, given a million and a half dollars to Vomit, a.k.a. the marketing campaign for this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's a total of $9 million. There's a million dollars left. I mean, what do you see as some of the other factors that drove people to this movie to the tune of $10 million? Well, I mean, I, I am not... Sh- I mean, Bloody Disgusting put this film out, and it's a website, and mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. have a fan base is that a million dollar fan base i don't think so i'm just throwing bloody disgusting out there as something that may be a seal of approval for certain denizens of the internet so well here's what i'll i'll throw out there then is a is a combination because this movie you know usually we when we divvy up the millions on these blockbusters and we say what you know got Joker, it's billion dollars, mm-hmm. or what got this other movie, it's hundred million dollars. It is already a uh, 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 a given that the movie would have been in movie theaters at all. Yes. You know, we never say who was responsible for putting Joker in the movie theaters because it was always going to be in the movie theaters. So I think that for Terrifier 2, a movie that probably... Uh, 
you know, like you said, it was it ended up it was supposed to only be in movie theaters for three days, but being in movie theaters at all wasn't a given. This was the type of movie that could have went straight to Screenbox. You know, it could have went just to DVDs and and uh, streaming. We've got to give it to the people who are responsible for putting it in movie yes. theaters. And I look at that as a collective of the business end. Mm-hmm. So I am going to say bloody disgusting and the 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 producers such as Steve Barton yes. who we've had on the show to me that is a collective of of business people who got this in movie yes. theaters. They made those deals with the AMCs to get it in there at all because if they hadn't done that it couldn't have made 10 million. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, if anything, I mean yeah, that's that's a huge that's a that, that's yeah, that's huge. So so I think the 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 Steve Barton bloody disgusting producers combo should get the majority of this million dollars that is left because again they're the team they're the people who made the deals who got this theatrical distribution at all yeah i i mean that so, works for me is there there's one other entity that I'll throw out there okay that deserves something here because I, I I think we both agree they should get most of that last million, but an entity that I think should get somehow uh, are we talking Jericho? You know what? I wasn't talking Jericho. He's but in the discussion now. Let's throw He's Chris in the conversation Jericho now. in there. Okay, Jericho. He's in the conversation. Okay, so this movie here here you know what? There's actually a few things we do now that you've brought up Chris Jericho. I actually do. I am remiss, and I, I think you'll be remiss when I bring this up. We haven't given any money to any cast members other than David Thornton Howard, mm-hmm. and I think Chris Jericho is someone to consider. But we have not mentioned the name Laverne Lavera, who played Sienna, the lead, the final girl of this movie, and. I think that has been a mistake on our part. She's got to get something. Okay, well, here's here's where we get into this discussion, which is we're talking about what brought people to this film. Yeah. And, it, it, like, she is not a I, known person or known entity, so she may be... Are you saying someone saw this trailer and saw what her performance could have been, which was a great performance, from what they saw in the trailer and went to see the movie. And that's why you want to give her money. And I don't even think it's the trailer. I think it's more because this movie's 10 million is not based around an opening weekend. It's based around incredible holds and word word of of mouth. mouth. Yes. So I think she plays, yes, she's obviously not famous going into this movie, Mm -hmm. but she is, I think for sure, a factor on why the word of mouth in this four or five week run has been so strong. Okay, You know, and if you look at, because the marketing for this movie is all based on, on fans spreading the word. And her character, Sienna, you're seeing a lot of fan art out there. You're seeing a lot of people talk about 
her fantasy, you know, uh, costume that she wears for half of the movie. You see a lot of artistic renderings of her character. So I do think that her character and her performance did bring people to this movie, especially in weekends three, four, five. You know, I think she's a big part of why the word of mouth got so strong. So we've got to give Laverne Levera something okay. here. So now to backtrack, do we take anything away from any of the previous entities? I I I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I mean, are you saying to take some money from Vomit to give to her? We've give we've given a lot of money to Vomit. We gave a million and a half to Vomit, and I think we should take some of that money from Vomit and give it to the lead actress. Okay. So, you know, it's 2022. I think the lead actress should get some of the money that was earmarked yeah. for Vomit. Uh, she won't make more money than Vomit, but it will at least be more closer to equal. So if we give if we take vomits cut down to one million dollars okay. from one and a half, right. and we give and we we divvy it up so that the lead actress of this movie, Laverne Levera, gets say seven hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Right? Yeah. So vomit gets a million, she gets seventy percent of that. So Laverne Levera gets seven hundred thousand. That would then leave us with Eight hundred thousand, right? That some of that would go to the creative, the business team that got it in movie mm-hmm. theaters. Um, I, I don't know. Do you think Chris Jericho gets anything? No, here? no. He appears only in a stinger. Yeah, only in a stinger. Uh, I, I don't think Jared, because the thing is, because he's not in the first one. No. I think Jericho should get something. He should get something. He here's what I think the biggest contribution for Chris Jericho is he had the writer director Damien Leone on his podcast talk as Jericho, mm-hmm. and I think that's a big promotional platform for yes, this movie. Yes, you know. So, and here's the thing: of all the people involved in this movie, Chris Jericho probably needs it the least. Let's give him twenty you know, grand. He, he's, like, I mean, could we give her? Let's not go that low. Let's give a hundred. hundred grand. grand, okay. Just to keep the math simple for okay. ourselves. Uh so that leaves then seven hundred grand for the business team that got it in theaters. All right. That I'm satisfied. So that's a one more entity I'll throw out. So there. many entities. The B.O. boys themselves. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it, but I was definitely thinking it. I mean. Yeah. Listen, we're part of the Terrifier 2 family. we are. Proud. Proud members. We went out there and I'd say covered this movie in a way that no other journalist on the planet did. We we got boots on the ground reporting, proved that the vomit was real. You know, because. As as important as the vomit was, the vomit can't reach its full potential until people know it's real. And we proved that it was real with our reporting. Uh, what do you think we should get out of this? 
okay, so what's left? You said. Well, we no. Okay, we we. Well, here's what here's what I think we should get. Okay, I'll throw it out there. Sag minimum for uh, getting killed as extras in Terrifier Three. All right. Oh, so okay, so we're. This is. Are we taking money from this project, or is this, or are, are we saying we deserve money from a future project? Well, I think whatever the value of what we would get paid to be extras being killed in the next movie, because okay. I do think at this point we're part of the family, and that's something that should happen, mm-hmm. and something the fans would of want. Of course, is the Bo Boys getting carved up? In a Terrifier sequel. Yes. So I think, and let's just say that that is, I don't know. Well, are we speaking or non-speaking? A couple of hundred bucks. Not Non-speaking. Well, I, I mean, we actually, we should speak because, I mean, honestly. The, That's how know, people would know ourselves. who we are. Yeah. We should play ourselves. So it should be speaking. But I don't know, 500 bucks total. You know, because it's going to be. You know, we're basically glorified extras. Yeah. Glorified extras. So we're glorified extras. So I think that's what we get okay. is whatever we would get a day rate for getting carved up in the third movie. But you just said let's not and make our math difficult and you're we have to subtract day rate. So we'll take that out of it'll all roll up into the let's roll this up into the cut that the business people okay. get for getting the movie. Because we were theaters. promotion. Yeah. So we'll roll it up into that. Or actually, do we roll up into the vomit? Oh, I mean, we roll up into the vomit. Is that? Yeah. So that's where you hide us. You hide the B.O. boys in the vomit yeah. tab. Okay. So now I think here's, here's I, I, I think I've been keeping track. So here's what I'm going to I think I've been keeping as, track. As our total. Well, we're going to find yeah. out if I've been keeping track. So the biggest amount of money, $3 million, that goes to Arthur Clown as an IP. Boom. There you go. $2.5 million goes to the writer-director, Damien Leone. So now we're up to $5.5 million. So far, so good. $2 million goes to David Thornton Howard, who plays Art the Clown. So now we're at $7.5 million. So far, so good. Next, we're given $1 million to vomit itself. So far, so good. So that's $8.5 million. And just to remind everyone, the B.O. Boys, we roll up into that vomit because what we get is day rate for being carved up as extras with a speaking role in Terrifier 3. Yes. So, but our day rate, it rolls up into the vomit tab because that's what we were involved mm-hmm. with. So that's eight and a half million dollars there so so good next we give it we give the female lead of the movie laverne lavera she gets seven hundred thousand dollars because she vomit got a million she gets seven hundred thousand so now we are at nine point two million dollars so far so good and then the we're giving Chris Jericho a hundred thousand yes, dollars because he promoted it, promoted the movie on Talk is Jericho, and he doesn't need 
more than that because he's rich. So now we're at $9.3 million. So far, so, far so, so good. And now we give the final $700,000 to Steve Barton, Bloody Disgusting, all the business people who got Terrifier 2 into movie theaters in the first place, the people who struck those deals. Yes, iconic releasing also, which is what this is under on the distributor. I don't know who iconic releasing is, but they're in there somewhere. Yes. Because they're on the, they're on, they're on the numbers as the distributor. Yeah. So that's it. We, we carved up the 10 million domestic made by Terrifier. And you know what I loved about this carving is that we really did make a Mm -hmm. meal of it the way art made a meal of that that unfortunate young woman in Terrifier mm-hmm. 2. We didn't do it quickly. No. You know, we took our time. Every time you thought we were done, we actually went back for mm-hmm. more. You know, we went back and we got some salt. Yes. You thought we were gone and we came back with a, a container of and salt. And we just slapped that right down. Yep. On all those yep. ca- so, on those carvings we had made. So I think Art the Clown would be proud of what we did today. And I mean, listen, if nothing else, Art the Clown is going to love getting that $3 million check. And God knows what he's doing with oh it. My, I, I mean, I scream box to think. So... Clayton, I think we did it. Do we have any other business we need to take care of tonight? I mean, you read some thoughts from uh, Austin, want to be a boy, sent in a great email. Uh, did he have anything else in there that we need to get Not to? Not yet. He has a, a prediction for Black Panther 2. Oh, wow. So we'll save that for the episode later in this week because that'll be our weekend preview. We episode. got an email from one of your boy, Reed, and he mm-hmm. wanted to say if he hasn't seen it, would Marty be more likely to see a PG-13 Father Stew? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Also, which Marty movie would be successful as a PG-13 film? And he said he'd pay to see a 75-minute PG-13 Goodfellas. This is a great question, I think, a bigger question for another time where we could come up with a list of movies that could be Father Stewed, reborn Mm -hmm. in the way that Father Stew is going to be reborn this Christmas? Yes, yes, early December. So, yeah, if, if, if you haven't listened to our... Weekend preview episode from the end of last week. That is, of course, where we talk about Mark Wahlberg's Father Stew is getting re-release after a re-edit. And, of course, Martin Scorsese called the B.O. Boys repulsive. So that is what Reed is referencing there. Yes. Um, So, yeah, that is a a good good question, Reed. What movies could be Father Stewed? And cut from an R to a PG-13. So, yeah, I think that's an idea for a future episode. And you know us. We have to think on it. We're not just going to do that off the cuff. We have to do our level of research. Yep. And it's a a great idea. And one last thing. We got an email Mm -hmm. from Danny Eskimalaji of I Screen, You Scream 4, number four, movies. 
And he said mm-hmm. Maverick has finished its run in theaters after six months of release and over 716.7 million domestic and 770 million international for a worldwide total of 1.4 billion. Incredible run, and he wants the claps. And I'm going to say, this is last call for claps because mm-hmm. we want you to send your claps in and we will mm-hmm. weave them together into a cacophony of claps mm-hmm. for this film. That will be a special bonus episode. And so yes. send in your claps because this is happening soon. It's I'm giving you guys till after this coming weekend. You got to go see Black Panther. I know there's things to do. So mm-hmm. get those claps in because we want to release that bonus episode next week. And your claps need to be counted. Mm-hmm. It is, isn't it? Uh, there's a feeling of melancholy knowing that Top Gun Maverick is not in movie theaters. There anymore. is, there is. It it it's um, so sustained us and it's it rejuvenated us, and you feel like it would go on forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even even and Titanic also, left the theaters. I mean, Titanic isn't still playing, so it was going to happen. Also, in its last weekend, what I'm seeing here, it seems like the last recorded weekend for Top Gun Maverick was the weekend of Friday, October 28th. That weekend, it made $126,000. Yeah. You know, and not to uh, box office shame any movies here but you look at some movies that some of these prestige uh, uh oscar bait movies and they're not that far off from what top gun maverick made in its 23rd mm-hmm. weekend you know i mean top gun maverick is basically at this point leaving theaters because it's tired. Yes, yes. You know, and just wants to relax for mm-hmm. a while. Before it's re-release. It's inevitable re- yes. re-release. That's almost the only reason why it's fully leaving theaters now is to just get ready for the yeah, re-release. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can't be re-released if you never leave theaters. Yes. So, but yes, uh, uh, like you said, Clayton, we got to get that bonus episode out soon. I know... Danny Eskimology of Ice Cream, You Scream, the Four Movies four. is number four. Is He really wants to hear that. He sent his claps in. We're going to get to it soon, Danny. In the meantime, of course, everyone go listen to Ice Cream, You Scream, four. four Movies, number four. He had his Black Adam review. I know he's doing something big on Black Panther, Wakanda Forever soon. So that's a hot place to be Absolutely. right now. Well, speaking of a hot place to be... Pat, what's our yeah. email address? Our email address, of course, is the Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your claps. Send us your emails like we get from Danny and Austin and Wanna Be O Boy Read and all our other Wanna Be O Boys, Wanna Be O Girls, Wanna people. Be O People. Email us, the Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, follow us on social media right now. We're on Twitter, the B.O. Boys Pod is our handle on Twitter. Of course, that is run by our wannabe O intern, Christopher, Christopher, doing a great job making the audiograms. 
Christopher's doing a great job. I think Clayton, me, you, and Christopher got to have a sit down soon. Talk about maybe some some other opportunities for the Bo Boys to get out there on social. Because, I mean, Twitter. Listen, me and you don't follow that. It's under new management. I Twitter hear. might it's not under be, new management. I'm hearing. That's that's what I'm hearing too. I'm not getting into following the details of it, but apparently, things are happening there. So who knows? Maybe the Bo Boys need to take their talents to other social media platforms. You know, get ready for the day when perhaps this new management isn't going to. I don't know if they're well liked or not. So we've got to operate under the possibility that people don't like the new management. You always got to just assume people don't like the new management because they don't. People don't like management to begin with. So a new management, it just feels like, yeah, why would I like that? Right. So for now, follow us at the Bo Boys Podcast uh, handle or the B at. The B.O. Boys yes. pod on Twitter. Link in the show notes. But, you know, we, we may have some announcements soon about other platforms, possibly. We'll talk to one of B.O. intern Christopher. Absolutely. Well, Pat, I think we did it. Yes. There's definitely. nothing left to say except yeah. for until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you, you at, at the... Bye. Bye.